Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for inviting us into your space today. There's so much going on at Christ Community that we'd love for you to be a part of. So head on over to our website, check out our coming up page, see all the things you can be a part of. Also, please don't forget to like and subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or the podcast you're listening to. Uh, that way you can see whenever new content's available. Uh, enjoy the message. Hi, everyone. If we haven't met, I'm Mariana. This is KJ. Hi. And we're here together that tonight. That was a good intro. <laughs> well, you I gotta... didn't expect that. That was fun. <laughs> we are here together to bring this message for you today, and I'm just calling it out because normally, you know, you have the one person, but uh, KJ and I have worked together for years. We actually share the office. So I kind of feel like what we're doing tonight is what we do in our office during the week all the time. Just argue. No, okay. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of fun be, because a huge part of, uh, so our topic tonight is applying and being inspired by the spiritual gifts. Yes, Pastor Allen finished the chapter 12 all about the spiritual gifts and our and goal today. And he had a today, ton of theology. Yes. Like he put it all out there. We learned the theory and our goal today is to bring it all to a place of inspiration and application. And I think that's how we work pretty well together because KJ is a big picture guy and he's an inspiration dream guy and I'm like, how are we going to do this? And so hopefully we're going to uh, get to a place at the end of tonight where we're all feeling inspired and ready to embrace, apply, and live our spiritual gifts. And we might interrupt each other and that's okay. Because that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Um, so before talking about spiritual gifts, but totally talking about spiritual gifts, Today, baptisms are happening, and, and so, so even though that there are other things being talked about, it's all a part of the undercurrent of baptism. Um, there are a handful of people who are going through the sacrament of baptism tonight, and so everything that I'm thinking about has that as the undercurrent. Because baptism seems to hold everything about the gospel of Jesus Christ in it. In itself, in the symbol of baptism, it's the story of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And then from a Hebrew perspective, the origin of baptism, it's all about a, a transforming process. It's a change of status that happened beginning at the time of Abram. Um, he was a pagan. He crossed over the... Jordan, and then he became a person of God and called Abraham. Uh, you had the Hebrew people in slavery, and then they crossed through the sea, and they were free and God's children. And then they were in the desert, and they were poor and hungry, and they only ate bread and quail or something. And then they go into the promised land, but before they go into the promised land, they cross through the Jordan. There was a change of status that happened, that they embraced their promise. And so from the Hebrew perspective, baptisms happened a lot from the perspective of there is a change of status that is happening. There was a past, and there's a present, and there is a future. And who you had been before your baptism is not who you are after your baptism. And so for those of you who are being baptized today, there's this idea of who you had been before is not the same after, especially how Paul talks about baptism as being baptized into the one body of Christ. There's something really profound about you don't get to choose your own baptism. You are being baptized into the body of Christ. Same heartbeat, same headspace, same body, same calling, same goal. 
full. It's saying, I want to be in that. And so, so in saying today, we are going to experience the sacrament of baptism. That's the thing I'm talking about. A sacrament is a physical happening of a spiritual truth. And all of us get to experience that tonight. And I'm really honored and excited. Yeah, so that's the verse that we are going to be looking at tonight. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. We're really just going to sit in this verse uh, where it says, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Can we read that again, please? Listen to these words. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Can you picture yourself in this reality? The CSB translation that is in your journal, if you have the First Corinthian journal, it says that we're baptized into one body. This idea of this transition baptism being a symbol of a change of identity, a shift in the reality that we're experiencing in our lives. Paul is here saying we were all baptized by one spirit into this body. However, before... How are you get going? Mm-hmm. Context is important. Like I always like, like let's hit the pause button, slam the brakes. I want to talk about the context of this passage a bit and possibly even the context of the, the, the whole book of 1 Corinthians. So is yeah. it possible to kind of uh, yeah. draw this broad overview? So the other day, uh, so she heard a podcast and she came in. She's like, oh my gosh, 1 Corinthians is incredible. Here's all these different themes. I'm like, you have to tell people this. So go for it. I think it's really cool to to see the big picture of the book because we've been going into the you know the sub themes and all the little chapters and getting into the weeds of things which is awesome. But if you take a good 10 steps back and if you look at the book of 1 Corinthians as a whole, you see some themes that go all throughout. So in the first four chapters, you see this theme of uh, the division that was happening, that people were against each other. There were relational conflicts and problems happening, and Paul is talking about the unity, the importance of unity in the body. Then between chapters uh, 8 and 10, there are all kinds of topics, but the overall theme is, is my my freedom, my personal interest, my self-seeking pursuits, uh, where the Corinthians were trapped in, in that culture of individualism. And Paul is saying, that's not what we're all about. We're for the other. So love always will trump our freedoms. It's not about the individual. It's about the corporate. It's about love. So you have these two ideas of unit and uh, unity and love that then when you move forward, and then he's talking about spiritual gifts here in chapters 
11 through 14. And that's what he does. He, he meshes these two huge concepts and he's saying this is the picture of spiritual gifts and the picture of the body. It's the unity and it's the love. It's these two big concepts that collide and, and the apps, the, the top of it is chapter 13 where he's talking about love and we'll get to it during the Advent. We'll be unpacking chapter 13 here in the next month. But he's saying this, it's what it's all about. It's always been about the body, about the love, about building each other up. There's this uh, repetitive theme of building others up. Yeah, and it seems that like throughout the whole book, it's like going from the individual to the whole, or the, mm-hmm. um, here's here's how, how I'm affected. Here's the things that you're doing. Here's how the things that you are doing is affecting this, because he's trying to get to the point where he says, it's not about you. Um, in fact, the things that you are doing, the things that you are bringing are affecting everybody else, because the end goal mm-hmm. and the bigger picture is simply the individual of the body of Christ. Christ. Um, so there's this journey of, of all coming together to honor the corporate, but the corporate is the body, which actually is the individual, but the individual is Jesus himself. And so going into this theme of baptism, and you are baptized into one spirit, one body, as Jesus, you are going into his baptism and coming up as him. Mm-hmm. And there's something really profound there. And so you start to think about, so what does that mean? What am I mm-hmm. engaging in if I am being baptized into the baptism of Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. I am a part of forming his body and the individualistic calling that I felt compelled to do, fight for, and mm-hmm. yeah. does not exist anymore? The calling of baptism brings us up a, a, quite a lot. And so, so then you think about the calling of Jesus on earth, the, the purpose of Jesus coming to crash heaven into earth, seeing the, 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 the people, like, holy cow. And when you are baptized into the body, there are the profound gifts that are given that Paul have been, has been talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And so as I think about the spiritual gifts, as Alan has been picking apart during this whole sermon series and talking about, he calls them superpowers. And so, so as Pastor Alan was talking about superpowers and spiritual gifts and body of Christ and blah, 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 and I was like thinking, oh my gosh, but these things have been talked about since the conception of the church. And technically from the conception of the church, everyone who has been baptized in the church has a superpower that's a spiritual gift, then why don't I see it happening all the time? Like, why isn't the church the most fantastic thing on the face of the earth and everyone is like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, why am I in a place that I don't feel like I'm crushing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I am trying really hard to be successful in the church, but I don't know, right? Yeah. It seems that Every sermon I hear about the spiritual gifts are a lot easier, like it's presented as this easy concept, but I'm coming at it from, it seems hard to me. Mm-hmm. And so from our perspective, mm-hmm. and there's been people, especially during the sermon series, who have brought up problems about the spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. all summarized by, why don't I experience them, how yeah. it's almost being promised, right? Yeah, I think we 
maybe you find yourself today in this place where, yeah, I get, I get the theory, but how do we apply it? I kind of don't even know what my gifts are or how do I grow my gifts? Am I supposed to grow my gifts? Where do I use my gifts? Or I have a ton of gifts. How do I know the specific gift that's spiritual? Yeah, how do, right? I, how do I engage with it? There are so many questions on the clarity and or the, the understanding. Or the priority of gifts, like whose <laughs> gifts are bigger or more important, and I have a passion. Shouldn't everyone be passionate about the passion that I have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of tension and questions that we see when it comes to the practicality of experiencing uh, spiritual gifts. So KJ and I are going to try to unpack a little bit of these questions and try to come up with some answers as we're all pursuing how to experience in a, a fuller way, in a greater way, this reality of our spiritual gifts and being part of this body and living in this transformed reality of being baptized into this body. So the first question is that we hear a lot is, how do I know that this thing in me is a spiritual gift? Or there's this... It, how do I know that it's a spiritual gift? And uh, a, a lot of conversations that I've had is, I think, if, especially if you grew up at the church, you have somewhat of this uh, preconceived idea or some expectations of what it should look like if God is using you or if you have a spiritual gift, and especially that word of, you know, it's a spiritual thing and you're expecting something like super, you know, spectacular and out of the ordinary. And I've talked to a lot of people that they have legit awesome gifts that they don't recognize the, that it is a spiritual gift and how we, a lot of times we undervalue or we dismiss a gift that is from God because it's too human, if we can put it that way. It doesn't seem something super spiritual. So how is it from God if it's something kind of, you know, typical? Okay, so the other day, so the, both of us are sitting down and she says, KJ, I have to share this passage. And she starts cracking up. And I'm like, there aren't a whole lot of funny passages in the Bible. <laughs> However, she and I are preparing this sermon and she brings this passage and she's like, I have to sh- share this. So she'll share it and <laughs> then I'm dying to talk about it. Exodus 31. Okay. I think it's, it's the first time that the Holy Spirit has bestowed spiritual gifts on someone, right? Is that this the is thing the you're first saying? time that the Bible says the Spirit of God filled somebody and filled somebody to do something. And you guys are going to think this is great. This is what it says, Exodus 31, verse 2. See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of her. Yeah, I skipped all of that. And I have filled him uh, with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So the favorite part of this passage that I thought, I started cracking up, I said, all kinds of crafts. And I thought about like the people who cut out craft paper. I was doing that. <laughs> all so kinds, all of, kinds craft. of crafts. But, so we've been talking yeah. a lot about the all kinds of crafts. This is a legit uh, experience of God, the Spirit of God filling up somebody for artistic expression, with right? With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, to make artistic designs. Now, why are we here 
thousands of years later questioning if you have uh, artistic abilities or if you have other kinds of gifts that God has given you and you're like, uh, I'm not so sure this is from God. Exodus 31, <laughs> this is the first example. Yeah, it's incredible because I would think if God for the first time was going to prove a point that I can empower and inspire someone to do incredible things, that, that, that I would come upon someone and they can shoot fireballs from their hands, that that would be the thing that I would do. But God says, man, I want to create this inspiration for people to, to create. I want artists. I want people who can craft gold and all sorts of crafts with craft paper. Like, um, what is happening inside the heart of God to like, this is who you are, and I want you to use this. Mm -hmm. And, that, and that, how that glorifies yeah. God, sorry, because he was Do doing it. this uh, in the context of building the temple. And, and he's an example that this gift of art is something that brings glory to God. Okay, so, so the problem is, and I... I'm it, sorry, the tabernacle. It's all good. Um, <laughs> so the problem is, is that if you think about bigger context, you're like, okay, if, if, if art's a spiritual gift, if, if, if understanding is a spiritual gift, is, so how do you differentiate spiritual gifts? And like, if I have a gift that I'm really good at something, but then the guy at the, the job I have, who obviously I know does not, you know, think very highly of the church or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, he happens to be a lot better at that gift that I have. How do I know something is spiritual or not mm -hmm. or, or what? And there are people outside the church that are absolutely incredible, inspired, that they are, are doing things. Mm -hmm. How is that different mm -hmm. than the spiritual gifts inside the body of Christ? Mm -hmm. And, and so, so I want to talk about this just very quick, just this general paradigm. It's inside the body of Christ. What I am being um, baptized into is inside one body. All of us are baptized into one body by one spirit uh, for one purpose. And so the idea of a spiritual gift can be defined by the origin, it can be defined by the purpose, and it can be defined by the, the end goal and the place it is going. Where is it coming from? And what is it doing? And where is it going? And this can actually help us who feel chaotic of like, I have a spiritual gift, but how do I apply it? Where does it come from? Tell me the thing it's doing. And where is it going? Because when you are baptized into the body of Christ, it seems that the answers to a lot of our questions about who we are and the things we are doing kind of hinges upon who is Jesus and what is he doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking about it because seeing uh, if you're considering all the gifts and then you see what's happening outside the church body and how do you explain that? And it comes down to the, to the motivation and where it's coming from. So I thought that was... Uh, a very crucial point as we're continuing to learn how to define, understand uh, our spiritual gifts. So going to the source, the mm -hmm. function, and the direction. Mm -hmm. And in this pointing to the body of Christ because that is where you are. That is where we are. So mm -hmm. here's the thing, is it causes a problem then, again, of man, I feel like I have these gifts 
gifts or I'm exploring these gifts or I'm exploring who I am and I don't actually, um, <laughs> I don't understand the whole Bible. I am not a spiritual superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm here and I uh-huh. want to serve and I want to be used and I want to have purpose and I want to have vision. I want to have goals. How do I grow mm-hmm. into a place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it even possible to grow? Yeah, I think this question of growing your gifts is another big one because it's like, well, if it's from God, what am I doing growing it? He's, it's something he's, if it's something he's giving to me. But that's very interesting to go back to uh, the, the whole idea that Paul is writing this letter to this church in Corinth exactly because here's a group of people that were, they were filled with gifts. They were experiencing this reality of spiritual gifts. And yet we see... So so the church of Corinth, we just have to go, the church of Corinth, that they before Paul were all pagan, pagan people, that they're not Hebrew converts Mm -hmm. and they already know, uh, you know, it's like... There's no background. These are bad people. (laughs) And, and they are they are coming into it like they're coming into it for the first time, and all of a sudden they have these gifts, gifts and they're going yes, <laughs> and they're asking what does this mean for me? <laughs> well, I wish they were asking what that oh for me yeah that's true because they wanted it for me yeah what does this what mean for me? me? Because then we see this community of people that is kind of misusing what something that was supposed to be uniting that was actually causing division. So what this example that we see in 1 Corinthians is an example, a clear example that God is not waiting for you to grow up, to mature, for, for, for him to then trust you with a gift. He's like, hey, you're following me, I'm empowering you. And it, he's not waiting for us to be able to handle it. He's giving gifts. But then we see the misuse of it. And then it's the second part of, well, then it is something we have to grow. How do I grow in my gifts? And uh, what the passage that we read says, let's go back to that verse. Um, we were all, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. We were all given the one spirit to drink, which points to the fact that there is a continuation of this journey. There's a spirit for us to drink from, that it's what will continue to grow me. And she's bringing up this idea of it's a continual thing because people get thirsty often. Right, I put a cup of water by my bedstand because through the evening I get thirsty. Being thirsty is not something you drink and then you're like, thank God, that's it. I don't have to do that again. I checked that box. It's like there is a daily practice of drinking the huge gallony thingy, you know, like, and, and, and so it is a sustaining thing that you're continually going back towards. Break back to the source. It's not something you're gonna get your gift and run, take off running with it. You come back to the one who gave it to you. You drink from the spirit continually. So investing in growing in our gift goes hand in hand with growing spiritually at all, with spiritual maturity. Because spiritual gifts doesn't equal spiritual maturity. And in our 
practicing of the presence of God, when we're growing spiritually, is when we're growing in how we understand and deal and handle our gifts. Because if I'm getting to know God, the God who gave me this gift, and I'm in communion with him and drinking from his spirit, stirring that inside of me, I'm going to be in tune with what is he doing? What is he saying? Where is he going? And that's what's going to be the empowerment of the use and the availability that I have with my gifts as I'm practicing his presence and growing my ability to utilize my gifts as I follow him. And at the same time, you have to be honest. I mean, like that there are some people who think um, that because they found out that they had some sort of spiritual gift that they all of a sudden have it all figured out. And they are like, <laughs> and, and they actually cause a ton of harm because they don't know how to practice and use their spiritual gifts. And there's this idea that that, that being in tune to the spirit and going back to the source, um, that you are able to grow and evolve and, and to practice. But also, if you like take the idea of that Paul presented earlier in this passage about being an athlete and that the goal of the athlete is to actually win and to succeed. And he talks about training your body He's doing that on purpose because he's obsessed with talking about the body in 1 Corinthians, training your body, taking this idea of being an athlete. Like, for instance, I have an uncle that his full-time job is he's employed by a college. He's employed by a college football program to go scout out peewee football teams and to find who are going to be the up-and-coming college football players. And I bet you those people that are playing peewee football do not have a clue that of the gifts and talents that they have, how to hone and shape them, the, the things that are inside of them, but it takes a scout to see who they are to come alongside them and then to coach them throughout their up-and-coming junior high career, high school career, come along and say, and you have what it takes, you have what it takes, you have what it takes, you can do this, you're gonna crush it, here's your program, we're gonna grow together. And there's this, there, there's this value of, you know, do the people in the, the NFL, do they come out being born playing football? No, but there's this programming inside of them that they, that they have a gift to be a professional athlete. It takes the hone, uh, the honing and the shaping and the cultivating and, and the grit to get them to who they were supposed to be all along. Mm -hmm. There are people who have those same gifts and talents who never see it and they do not apply it and they do not grow it. There is a difference between someone who has a gift of prayer and someone who has really practiced their gift of prayer. Mm -hmm. There's a really big difference. There's someone who has a gift of healing and someone who really has a gift of healing. But they have the same gift. One has just grown in it. There's someone who has a gift of encouragement and then you know someone who has actually practiced their gift of encouragement. There are people who have the gift of serving 
and they serve and they check their box. And then you know those people who have practiced and grown in their gift of serving. <laughs> it, it goes on and on and on, but the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be practiced, engaged, and grown and cultivated because this is your journey in the body and the participation you have in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all I yeah. got. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think this idea of how we're exercising our gifts, what KJ was just saying, um, there, is, there is a question of, sure, that makes sense for me to surround myself with people that will coach me, that I can learn from, and that's a great idea. But how am I in practical terms, right? Let's, let's get practical. How do I actually take the next steps of applying my spiritual gifts? And I think that's yet another question that we hear a lot. You know, people will come to us and say, hey, I want to serve. What do I do? And how do I apply? Is there a place for me? What do I do uh, here at the church? And I think the, the misunderstanding that we want to bring up too is this approach of maybe uh, checking a box and you're gonna do... As if the spiritual gifts belong in the church. It's yeah. like the body of Christ belongs in the church. Yeah, this is uh, what I do, so yeah. I'll sign up and yeah. I will do something, which is great. I'm not saying anything wrong about, anything negative about the serving, but is that the entirety, entirety of the experience of our spiritual gifts that you are on the rotation for whatever ministry I have once a, hypothesis. a month? I have a hypothesis that I've been dying to talk about um, because I think it could be fun. Um, and um, it's going to be hard for me to explain it, so I'll stand up. I do a lot better if I'm standing up. All right, so I have this idea that people confuse spiritual gifts with the application of spiritual gifts. Um, so um, people confuse the spiritual gift itself with how you are applying your spiritual gift. Um, so some people will say, I have a, a spiritual gift of serving in tiny tots. And I would say, no, I don't think that's your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift is not serving in tiny tots. Your spirit, that's a vehicle that your spiritual gift has got in and started to drive. Tiny tots is a vehicle that your spiritual gift is taking you places. Tiny Tots is the vehicle, but probably if you enjoy serving in Tiny Tots and go, yes, I, there's, there's a gift of compassion. There's a gift of service. There's, there, uh, there's like tons of things that can be in that vehicle of Tiny Tots. There are some people that would say, I have a, a spiritual uh, gift of prayer. And, it, it, and so I'm going to join the prayer team. That, that, that the prayer could be your spiritual gift, but the thing that, that the prayer team is, is just the vehicle that that prayer sits in the seat of. So for instance, I have people come up to me after I do sermons, and they'll say, you have such a gift of public speaking. I'm honest, I do not have a gift of public speaking. This is not something I would feel like, man, God bestowed this gift. He did the opposite. 
okay? I have a really profound speech impediment. I do not have the gift of public speaking. But I have a really burning, burning desire and passion for encouragement and inspiration. Um, if I had to circle a spiritual gift that I had, it would be encouragement and hospitality. Everything I do up here, I want to create a space for you to feel comfortable in. I want to create an environment. And my end goal is make you feel encouraged and inspired to go home and say everything's going to be okay. That's what I want. I don't want to teach you anything. I'm a really bad teacher, but I can really inspire, and I know I can encourage, and this is what I'm good at. Be being up here is just the vehicle I have, hypothetically. And all the other things I do, I put my spiritual gift in the driver's seat of. But if I couldn't do sermons anymore, does that mean I cannot apply my spiritual gift anymore? No. Because doing sermons is just a vehicle that my spiritual gift is in the driver's seat of. And then you think of all the different vehicles out there that are for us to drive. Helicopters, buses, trains. Like, it's like an action film, right? Our, our daily life should be like jumping from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle because we are in tune to the Spirit and what the Spirit has built us to, to do. And here's where I am applying and here's where I am thriving because in all these vehicles... So I want to be an encouragement here. And then I want to go home and be an encouragement to my family. And then I want to, for everyone who t -t types in the CCC chat, I want to encourage them. If they ask for help, I'll ask for someone else. You know, like, I know the vehicles that I'm in the driver's seat of. And I'm trying to find those so that I can be a contributor to the body because being a participant in the body of Christ is actually the biggest gift. So typically, if you are talking about spiritual gifts, do not get hung up on the application of the spiritual gift. First, think about what am I wired to do that is unique to me? What makes me come alive? And then you seek out the vehicles. You seek out a vehicle here at the church. You seek out a vehicle at school. You seek out a vehicle at your job. You seek out vehicles all over the place mm -hmm. because that's when the body of Christ gets up and goes mm -hmm. outside this building. Yeah, I think for many of us, maybe you're here and you have a lot of clarity what your gifts are and how God moves through you, but maybe this is your invitation to expand your understanding that your, uh, the ministry here or whatever you do is not the gift that you have. That's one of the many vehicles that God wants to use you. And there's so many amazing inspiring stories that we hear of people that, for example, there's this one young woman that she has a heart for the nations. She, uh, her calling, her passion is for international missions, but she's here in Greeley. And the way that she's living out her calling and her gifts is she's ser serving refugees and she's serving immigrants in her hometown, even though her gift is to go and to be elsewhere, but not going is not stopping her from living the thing that God has put in her heart. I have a friend who's a pastor, and I think, like, he has this spiritual gift of pastoring, like, truly, like, he was, he was born to be a shepherd. And, uh, and 
so yes, he has a church and he pastors at his church, but just for fun, he has this consistent habit of going to this, this same like bar every Sunday evening and he's turned the people who have come there into like his flock and his shepherd and his people and they see him as that like he turned this bar into a church um, <laughs> instead of keeping his church at his church um, he can't escape his vehicle um, yeah his spiritual gift it follows him yeah I love that idea because it broadens a lot of the places where we can go. Um, but maybe that's not the question you're asking tonight. Maybe you're still looking for what is my gift? I really don't see it. I don't see God using me. I kind of don't understand what are these things that God has given me. And I was talking to my son, Luca, after the first uh, week, weekend message here about spiritual gifts. And he's like, Pastor Alan was talking about how spiritual gifts are like Christmas gifts that God gives you and you unwrap the gift. And there it is. It's a gift that you received. And he said, but I wish we could actually see it. So it's very tangible. And there's a lot of clarity. I know exactly the gift that I got, and yet it's not quite that often or, or that uh, obvious, obvious yeah. obvious, yeah. And so I think one of the, a, a few things that we just want to point you to tonight is it's okay to ask God. It's okay to, he's the one who gave it to you. Good chances, he's a good person yeah, for you to ask. The source is the Holy Spirit. Go to the Holy Spirit and ask, tell me what you built me to do. Ask it's him okay. to help you see the things that he put inside of you. Also, be attentive to yourself. Pay attention to the things that are uh, passions that you have, or abilities they have, things that you do that really makes you feel fulfilled. Great chances that's where God is gifting you and calling you into. What are some things that you do naturally without anybody asking because that's God moving naturally through you. But uh, uh, something that I think is extremely valuable too is uh, asking others around you, people that really know you well. We did this in our small group a couple weeks ago that we're going around and kind of calling out on each other the gifts that we see in one another. And I was very surprised how often we don't see the gifts inside of us. We're blindsided because the practice of our gifts a lot of times is so natural because it's how God wired you that you think that's how everybody operates when it's not at all. And it takes some outside perspective to look at that and be like, no, no, that's something special that God gave you that is not in everybody else. Mariana, I have the gift of punctuality. And our time is really getting to, and I, I can see you going. Um, so, so on this whole trajectory, some of you are more adventurous people. If you uh, are like a discovery person, go and explore things, try things out. Some of you are academic sorts who enjoy taking tests. There are spiritual gift tests out there. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Go and have those. If you're an academic person, something else that you're able to do. We put together this handout that hopefully will be helpful to you. You can pick it up on your way out. There's a summary of all the spiritual gifts mentioned by Paul in explanation and how you can try and apply it and give it a chance. And the vehicles that you can use your spiritual gifts here um, at the church. It's also on the QR code in front of you if you want a digital version of it. That's a good thing. Wow, okay. It's available. Um, When you start pondering and having more clarity of how God has gifted you, um, our, the end goal here, our heart desire, what we hope to see happen here is for you to experience the fullness of this thing called spiritual gifts that God has given us. As pastor of connection and hospitality, my desire, we're not here talking about all of this so that you can help us out. It's not for you to come and sign up for something, even though that's a great way to use your gifts. Our heart desire is for you to see God using you to participate in the body. The spiritual gift is not the gift itself that you have. The gift that God has given you is the ability to use that to be a participant in the body and not just know that you belong. Theoretically, you belong in this theoretical body. You belong and you are an active participant of the body of Christ here on earth. And that's our desire, that we can all embrace the fullness of these gifts that he has given us and step into this uh, reality, this transformed reality that is uh, wide and much bigger than where we usually go. Because the truth kind of is, it's like going back to this idea of the baptism and the experience of the sacraments. A sacrament being a physical example of a spiritual happening. And your physical participation in the spiritual gifts is uh, going beyond just participating in a sacrament and actually becoming the sacrament itself. Because you are actually in the participation of the thing are becoming the thing. That's the gift, is your spiritual gifts are not something for you to give because they are not from you. Your spiritual gifts, the origin, is from the Holy Spirit. And your engagement in them is what the Holy Spirit is doing. And your drive forward is what the body of Christ is doing together. To be baptized into one body, one spirit, one heartbeat, one mind, one vision, one kingdom, this is the gift of the Spirit in a bigger sense. It's the participation in the body. Each of our things that we have put together, functioning as they should, in the one spirit, the one source, is the participation in the call of Christ. When the church is the body of Christ, it is proof that Jesus did not die. Is that the the fact that Jesus rose again in who the church is as a functioning body and the spirit breathing inside of us is the evidence that Jesus is alive. This is a testament of baptism. 
that a handful of people are engaging today. It is this idea that Jesus is not dead. The grave did not contain him. Death did not have the final say. And he is alive and walking today. And the church is the hope of the world. The people who are being baptized are being baptized into that passion. They're being baptized into that calling. They're being baptized into that purpose. They're being baptized into the identity of the body of Christ. And this is a really big deal. Because if you believe in the body of Christ who is being baptized, we all are. Because there are people in our church who are being baptized today into our body. And I celebrate that. We both of us celebrate that as a body. We all celebrate that. Yeah. Let's pray together. Let's put ourselves in this position of openness to the Spirit. If you are able to stand, uh, would you please stand with me? And if you feel comfortable to put your hands out, I just want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to you. Holy Spirit, here we are. What do you want to say to me today? What are the things that are unclear as far as my role, my gift, my place in the body? Would you ask him to reveal to you the places he wants to take you, the thoughts he has about you? and how he's inviting you to engage with his very body as an active participant of it. We're gonna have this uh, next, this chunk of time to continue to pray, but Jesus, I just want to bless this congregation as we continue to pursue you. Holy Spirit, teach us how to more deeply drink of you, to desire the gifts from you, to let go of expectations and be open to the ways you want to use us. We want to go back to the source, keep going back to the source, be stirred by you, be filled by you, so that as we go, as we embrace, incorporate these gifts you have given us, we can build the body and we can experience this transformed reality of what it is to be your body, active, alive, and standing up in this world. 
Hey friends, so wherever you are at coming out of this message, we want you to know you are not alone and we are here. We're here to pray for you, to talk with you, um, and we'd love to just connect. So you can go onto our website. There's a chat button on there. We always have somebody on the other side um, that would love to just be a part of your journey. So we hope you guys have a great week.